colleagues and guests, please welcome Professor Indris Tilian Narafir. Thank you, Dean Uvalda. I am so pleased to see all of your faces here in person at this momentous occasion. It has been a difficult year and you all should be very proud of yourselves for your success. As you likely know, this esteemed community suffered our share of losses this year, including that of one of our brightest minds, Professor Bradley Eustace Leon, the head of our history department. Though he may have left us before his time, his spirit lives on in his students, many of whom credit him as the inspiration for who they have become today. There is one other sad topic we must address before we can continue. One of Professor Lian's students saw fit to disgrace his teachings this year. She has engaged in conduct unbefitting of a student of Wyndham and has associated herself with undesirable elements of our society. She has been granted a final chance to address you, and she is here to apologize for tarnishing the reputation of our noble institution. To my former classmates and the extended Wyndham Academy community, I stand before you as a show of remorse for my actions actions that resulted in my expulsion from this community and the premature end of a friend's career. Before I depart Wyndham for the last time, I would urge you to learn from my mistakes. Regulations surrounding morphing technology are in place for our safety. One may dream of experiencing morphing for oneself, but the Escafil device is a weapon and its widespread application or the willful disregard of the strictures surrounding its use would spell chaos here on Earth. May my story be a reminder of that grave truth. Farewell, and congratulations to the class of 2095. Waiting for a break in the rain Waiting for the moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl Created out of nothing like a comic book girl Hey! It's been a while and I haven't really heard from you but I'm glad that we took the time to set this up because I feel like I wanted to check in and see how you're doing. Uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, t- I mean, tell me more about, about that. Like, the graduation was a lot, so... Yeah, yeah. My parents don't know, as far as I'm aware. I'm gonna keep it that way for as long as I can. I'm gonna run away from my problems. I would... I don't know. Do we gotta talk about it? It's fine. I'm I mean, managing. I have to. I'm I fine. Just... I've been able to subsist on double spicy ramen the entire time I haven't had to go out of the house. Brad is, like, Yeah, how's aware. your chair doing? Oh, the throne? Oh, I had to dismantle the throne. Ah. Uh. Because I had to eat... Brad's checking on me to make sure I don't get stomach ulcers from too much spicy mm. ramen. Um, making me eat a vegetable every once in a while. Yeah. 
You kept your credits, though. You were, like, re-enrolling for a different school, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I don't even know. Um, maybe I'm not in any shape to do that right now. I have at least that much self-awareness, so... Yeah, well, I feel like I never got the chance to say it to you, but, like, I think you did the right thing, and I think... What, you think I did the right thing by attempting a felony and blowing up my life? I think you did... I think that's sometimes what the right thing does to people's lives i think you <laughs> had the right idea when cool um great thanks action. thanks to hear it's really nice to hear so that you think i did the right thing that's that's really validating i feel like it makes me feel incredible <sighs> i feel like you're being a little hostile right now that's not really what i'm i'm here for i was though. pre-med i was gonna be a doctor i don't want to hear about that i did the right thing that's what doctors have to do. And the, what I did did not, what I did did not save any lives. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Is Cassandra here yet? I'm sorry. I'm being a bitch. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. I'm. I'm. I don't know. It feels very strange to be reading the books again. I sort of have always gotten to this point, forty five, and then stopped. So you haven't read past this book. No. We're caught up with each other right now. Yeah, we are experiencing things for the first time together that's actually kind of fun hey guys hey you hello welcome what's up yeah we i'm I'm just really it's good to hear your voice again i'm glad you were able to come to this i feel like i feel like it wouldn't have been right if it was just me and parker i appreciate that you uh that you decided that this was something you were gonna do you owe me absolutely nothing so i uh I, i think it's cool that you that you showed up thanks for that how how's it going how are you um i'm okay i have a lot of free time now so i've been picking up a lot of hobbies and stuff like that just you know trying to stay busy that's great uh is that what people who don't have video games do they take up hobbies (laughs) when they have yeah i guess i have never known what it is to not have ways to occupy my time Mm -hmm. that is a novel experience to me Speaking of a novel experience, we have a novel experience to talk about today. <laughs> Is that what you guys uh, wanted me to come and meet with you about? Was Yeah, the... I um... yeah, I felt like, I don't know, I wanted to talk to you and this felt like a good vehicle because I feel like, I mean, we talked about it a little bit over text, but the present situation definitely makes our perspective on these books a little different and more relevant to everyday stuff. We're not in a class anymore, so we don't have to like pretend to abide by some government agent's rules of what is good and not good to talk about so like i mean i feel like that didn't really stop us but i mean i guess (laughs) it did well now we can take all of our thoughts and put them into action and that's what i want to do by reading a book by taking the perspective that we have on the book because especially in the last 10 as i'm sure you know cassandra (laughs) i mean we've witnessed firsthand you guys have at least how bad it is so yeah hey parker did i tell you i got expelled too you did i did i did get expelled (laughs) why you didn't deserve it oh well did you know that my uh my grades had suddenly and uh without my knowledge slipped alarmingly low so low that i was not upholding the great institution that i had the privilege of attending bullshit what yeah the whole point of you being able to be like i don't want to do extra work in the late professor leone's class is that you were brilliant that you are brilliant 
your grade suddenly slipped low. There is a. There, <laughs> I thought there was accountability for these things. You can't just like fudge that. Oh, what are you gonna say? Oh, I thought you were gonna say there was a conspiracy. I was so excited. I thought you were about to say there was a conspiracy. Yeah. Well, well, that's discrimination. <laughs> God. That... But of course, you know, when I went to look at my grades and I, I went to look at my transcript, it was indeed the grades they said it contained instead of the grades I remembered it containing. So, and of course, it's not like I had saved any of my old transcripts or anything because it's all online. Right. That's the issue with modern technology. Yeah. But yeah, do you feel like it would be helpful to talk about number 45, the revelation? Sure. I mean, Parker and I aren't ever going to be able to take classes at our university, our old university, and uh, Professor Leon is dead, so if we want to talk about these books, like, with this same group of people, we kind of have to do it ourselves. I think in addition to it being, like, politically active, I think it could also go a long way to... You know, remembering our old professor. I think he had a great vision for our class. Well, like, uh, carrying on his legacy. We well, didn't he know obviously him. had some political aims and goals to affect us, and I think it, it would worked. make a lot of it sense. It were affected. Either that, or he just, I don't know, got his files mixed up. I just, I don't know. i sure the government killed him undoubtedly, but, like, let's just talk about the book. My name is Marco, and I am to cuisine what Sammy Sosa is to baseball. <laughs> I was reading that really fast. I parsed it as, like, samosa. Sammy Samosa, famous baseball player. I am to cooking what samosa is to ba- baseball, and I was like, what? what? in the world is samosa to baseball? I would love to go to a baseball game where they served samosas instead of hot dogs, or in addition to hot dogs. You wouldn't really be able to play it because the samosa would just explode on contact with the bat. No, in the audience, I want to eat samosas and watch baseball. Do you eat samosas or do you drink them? You're, think- you're thinking of mimosas. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that happens like every time. Yeah, I know the samosas are the, the, the fun fried stuffed crispy triangle guys who are delightful to oh, have in your belly. fried stuffed crispy triangle guy. Anyway, all that is to say Marco's opinions are incomprehensible. I don't know what a chef boyardee is. I assume it's a, a young male chef. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like somebody famous and good at cooking. Well, because boy, I, I feel you, like- You don't kill, crack open a can of boy. It's a it's a meal. It's like a spaghetti-o. Are you saying like boy RD? Oh, so it's like a fake- Wait, are, maybe it has some connection with uh, Hardee's? Hardee's? There's like a fast food, anyway. What's a spaghetti-o? Boy Hardee's. It's, it's, um, it's spaghetti, but they drink a hole through it so it's like a donut but like really long and then they chop it up so it's like a bunch of little donuts and then they put it in a can uh and the fact that he's attempting to cook for his stepmother is like cool Miss yeah he's Robin making S. an effort which is a huge contrast to the end of this journal when he go he when goes he just really lets himself go yeah girl boss marco Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Actually, I guess Marco is more manipulate mansplain male wife because his, <laughs> his dad. Um, but yeah, he really, I was, I had forgotten about this part right at the end of the journal where he lies and tells his father, you know, Nora was probably a controller the whole time. Oh, yeah. To keep an eye on you. I feel, I feel so bad for her inclusion in all of this. She just gets so shunted the whole time. Yeah, it's just sad. Yeah, I had really...
really forgotten how much stuff just like starts to go off the rails starting with this book i know this is what i was saying that like everything changes with this book it's aptly named that the revelation yeah obviously so speaking of the revelation number one z space technology developing in humans was this a yerk plant it had to have been i i can't imagine a situation where uh marco's father in just kind of explaining this weird science fiction tech at the time to his family would just sort of stumble upon the name of Zero Space. What are you calling your discovery? I heard Nora ask. I don't really know. What can you call something that is nothing at all? What could you call it? Zero, I suppose. Zero Space. I, I, maybe this bit is dramatized. Maybe they, they, one of you is probably Cassandra. I think you, you said that they, um, they changed these to make them more accessible for kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, a I, little bit. This, this is a little cheesy right here, and I wonder if they maybe tweaked it a bit. And Marco, and Marco doing the thing where he's choosing to make himself seem less smart than he is, I guess, because the only other option would be for him to have figured it out himself. He doesn't want right. to seem like a smart guy. Yeah, that, ma- that makes sense. You know, my interpretation of these events as a kid was always that, you know that time that axe went over to Marco's house and, like, messed on his computer? Mm-hmm. Let me just do a little... Yeah, like, that was always, like, from my perspective, that, like, moment where the intervention of alien technology advanced human evolution to such an extreme degree. So I always assumed it was, like, that moment that ended up causing this. Whether or not that's actually the case, I guess is, we'll never know. Axe just bumping the needle on the Kardashev scale, being like, oops, did I do that? (laughs) And it's funny because Axe seems, like, so miffed about it later. He's like, I, I... I should have like left, you know, the Andalites should have left you to the the Yerks and like, you know, you're you're just you're too powerful for your own good humans like developing technology so fast. So like maybe it was all you, Alex. <laughs> the Andalites have the equivalent of like a a baby with power tools on their hands, just like, oh god, what are you gonna do <laughs> I'm with a baby that? Baby with power tools. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so interesting to me that his next sort of gut instinct is, I need to determine if my dad is a controller. Like he doesn't. There is no way to do this. Like we know this. Uh-huh. That is the entire point of the Yerk occupation at this time is that you can't tell. But he gives it a try. He really he really tries to determine uh, by sort of baiting his dad into certain topics of conversation. He does his best to determine whether or not his dad's a controller. And I think he comes up with something conclusive or something that he believes to be conclusive. Yeah, yeah it's something he believes to be conclusive. Yeah, Jake clearly doesn't trust Marco's summation of the situation when Marco's like, well, you know, I asked him about blah, blah, blah. He said he would have to be gone for five days. But he can tell that when he's reporting to see other animorphs, they don't really believe him. And he's got something about like, oh, Jake thinks I can't be objective. It's like, Marco, I don't think, like, I know you're the like practical strategy guy or whatever, but I don't think anyone could be objective about this. Like Jake has shown that he is not necessarily objective about Tom. I think Marco feels like he's earned the right to say that because of what happened with his mom and like him headbutting her off of a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the whole rest of that book is him compromising what is essentially the Animorphs' prime directive. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did headbutt his mother off a cliff, but you've got this consistent pattern of behavior leading up to that that suggests something that great about his ability to uh, remove himself from the situation and be quote-unquote a soldier. You can't expect anyone to make that kind of decision. Absolutely not. Especially a human child. Are you kidding? Have you met one? I think I was one at one point. (laughs) 
Weird. Really? <laughs> oh. That might still be one. We're not sure. Jury's out. His computer screen was still up. No screen the saver. At the bottom was a minimized window in scare quotes. <laughs> the words Yahoo Maps. What is Yahoo Maps? I have no idea. Anyway, written inside. I, gr- I grabbed the mouse and clicked. It's like, you don't have a haptic relay? Okay, cool. <laughs> it's funny because the technology mm-hmm. is old. And, aha! They were so primitive in the 1990s. That's part, like, reading this part is part of what, like, makes it so nostalgic. You're just like, oh, it really was, like, just an entirely different time. Makes them, makes them think about everything differently. He thought speaks to his dad in Gorilla Morph, and that's kind of the, the, the beginning of the end. That's the slippery slope that leads yeah, to the Yeah, that's, revelation. like, the, that's the, the moment that everything, everything changes, because, like, this whole charade that they've been running for years is... Charade. <laughs> charade charade it's just it's coming to a halt and like they have to deal with the reality of things and like i was hoping it would it all comes to an end with marco in gorilla morph driving a car which is my favorite thing (laughs) yeah he's like honestly he's like like, half out of it too which is hilarious this is a great car chase sequence yeah this is the part of the class discussion i missed the most is when we are just like yeah marco go get it dude drive that car Spoiler um, alert for a few books ahead. Marco drives a f- tank? What the hell? <laughs> yes! Good! The thing where he realizes he's going to have to reveal everything to his dad. The the veil has been lifted. Marco Dadamorph has been informed. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... That's when it really gets real is when they bring his dad in it's kind of affecting someone who didn't necessarily have to be affected you know everybody was affected though yeah well but like you know eva for example like it wasn't the animorphs like fault that she was brought into the conflict you oh, know i see yeah. whereas like it is directly because of marco that his dad like had to fake his death and is on the run yeah you know he could have just been infested and been just some infested dude which would have sucked, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Marco should have let it happen, but, like... And I think bringing an adult into it really changes things, changes a lot of dynamics. You kind of see that already, where it's really, really weird for Marco's dad to have the kids be kind of bossing him around and be in charge of him and be the ones who have, like, all the information and are telling him what to do and, like, telling him, no, you can't do that, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think the Animorphs already know that, like, the adults can't really help them a lot of the time. But I feel like in some ways it's not as in your face because they don't really have any adults who could theoretically help them. But because it's like, oh, they have Marco's dad. He's in the know. He even has some useful skills. And then it's still like, nope, everything's still on your shoulders, though. It's all still... Does he have any useful skills? He can do a computer, but not better than Axe. But I think he probably knows how to, like, adapt Axe's knowledge to Earth technology a little bit better. Additionally, he's also another person who's relatively competent and knowledgeable about this stuff. Like, I feel like there's a lot of adults who would just sort of deny it and, like, not really be an ally in that situation. They would just sort of shut down. Yeah. The fact that he is uh, that he is a parent uh, of one of these kids allows them to be like, no, this is real, and yeah. like, have him believe them. I was thinking through rereading this book that, like, the kids are all, like, they, they feel so different now. I think it's just because... Like, that whole parentification thing that they've had to do this whole time where they've been the more responsible one and they've had to lie and, like, do all this stuff to... They're sort of, like, parentified, but their parents were the whole planet. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like that has, it's just gone to such an extreme degree where it's like, they're the ones that are responsible for everything now. What a good metaphor. I want to talk about something not entirely serious for a moment here. I would pay an ungodly amount of real American dollars to see a spinoff series with just the Dadamorphs. It's just (laughs) all the dads. Uh, You got Rachel Dad, you got, you got Jake Dad. But specifically, Dadamorphs. No, you got you got Cassie Dad, you got Marco Dad, and you have uh, and you have Axe, who is just there in place of Elfangor. He's just like uh, also there. <laughs> Axe is Axe is officially a dad now. Oh no, uh, he is an uncle. He's an uncle. He gets to have an avuncular relationship, um, and he gets to be the Batman of the group because uh, because Elfangor isn't there. Uh, but just the dads going and doing stuff would be so but like as an entire spin-off series and they don't have powers. Axe is the only one with powers. <laughs> I would it's not just watch the dads. It. And they, they, they go and solve everyday problems. They <laughs> I would not watch Oh my it, god. The, the Yurks are closing in and the Hork Bajir need a deck built. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Well, it, it looks oh like there's God. a mysterious contractor who's hired all five of us to to build this uh, <laughs> to build this deck. The contractor's the elevist. Hmm, why why did they ask us to make it so sturdy? Oh, they need to land a ship on it. Wait, huh? <laughs> and they like wait, no, they it. like spin around and like the wait, yeah, it's the whole wait, time. No, no, I've, got, I've got I've got it, guys, 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 I've got it. The taxons are invading the town, and there's only one group of people who can stop them. The Dadamorphs, who are putting on a barbecue. Taxon barbecue. <laughs> no, they, they distract the taxons from eating the whole town with their delicious, delicious barbecue. Oh, products. I see. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, 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 because the taxons will go ape for that stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. They kill There's half the taxons episode. and barbecue them and then keep the other yeah. taxons busy with the barbecued taxons. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. It's a it's an endlessly recursive loop of tax on barbecue. <laughs> there's a, got so dark so fast. There's a bottle episode where they take over a car wash and they get Chapman in and like as they're car washing, like oh suddenly his A-frame falls out and they got to replace that. And oh god, all of his tires need to be swapped out and they just keep him there while something else is going. Yeah, on. while they're they they just car ship of Theseus his entire car. They ship of Theseus' entire car and, then, and they put a transmitter in there. And then they send Chapman on his way and they have his whole car built next to him and <laughs> it, the new car that he's still sitting in. <laughs> and Chapman has like a an existential crisis about the fact that he <laughs> he is sitting in what is technically his car, but also is technically not his car at all. <laughs> Datamorphs, yeah. Oh my God. Um. Anyway, right, thank back, you for digressing with me. On topic. Hey, why does Marco decide? Like Marco is like, I'm gonna prove to my dad that I can morph, and he goes to ants. I was thinking he's the got same so thing. So many other bug morphs. Well, because he hates morphing ants. I think it's because it looks freaky. Because he only morphs partway, so I think he's doing it specifically to like look super freaky. I guess that's a good point but he could do it with cockroach too and that would arguably be more freaky marco marco uh, will look at a dad and say is anyone gonna traumatize that <laughs> <laughs> actually marco will look at a parent and say is anyone gonna traumatize yeah. that and not wait for an answer oh i missed you guys my favorite sentence in this book is on page 19 and it is want to see my lobster <laughs> <laughs> that's no, what marco, i say i don't want to girls. see i <laughs> to see your lobster. A cold sweat coursed in tiny rivulets down the side of my father's head. I'm just imagining that gift of Jordan Peele just like yes. visibly sweating. Hey baby, you want to come upstairs and see my lobster? You're banned from showing your lobster in public. 
<laughs> Morph on lobster out. I'm forcibly removed from the yerk pool. <laughs> Dad looked at me and threw the cigarette out the window. I love Nora, he said. I love her as much as I loved your mother. Yo, you could just... <laughs> You have two hands. <laughs> yeah, right? You could just do a your family makeup, Cassandra. You could just yeah. you could just have two moms and a dad, and it's fine. I mean, to be fair, with my family makeup, it's because my mom, Erin, like, just naturally gravitates towards having three people in a relationship, and she just, she, <laughs> the way she tells it, it's much more romantic, but she did kind of just, like, a while after like she had become a human nothlet she did basically just roll up to my other two parents and just be like so i'm really into threesomes no <laughs> she's just like this as a person. no unicorn chasing involved yeah one one part that i kind of was like about when i was reading but in like a, a good way i guess was um the part where Marco's dad is like, oh, we should call the police. And Marco's like, dad, the Yerks are the police. Like, <laughs> mm, sounds like white nationalists infiltrating the police force. I know. I question almost if that line was put in there, like, after the journal yeah. was already done. So, because <laughs> it feels so on the nose for you, Marco. Yeah, I want to, the Yerks are the police bumper sticker. Yes. <laughs> That's really good, actually. Not to say that your family is white nationalists. Cassandra, I do want to be sensitive about that. I feel like we have... No, I mean, they kind of... Any Yerk that is infiltrating the police is guaranteed to be a massive douchebag. Like, no worries over here about that. Any police that's infiltrating the Yerks is guaranteed to be on a crime show <laughs> that's another spinoff that's a crime <laughs> show where it's like, oh, we're undercut, we're undercut, we're, we're, we're going undercover. It's, we're... it's Cassie, but she's just like in a really poorly done cop costume but everyone believes her really bad lies oh my God. <laughs> cindy crawford here's never. my badge yeah everyone's like <laughs> deputy crawford so good to see you on the job again <laughs> we've got another mysterious case involving one of these oversized banana slugs i'm on it yeah that'd be great <laughs> exactly i don't think they're that close to santa cruz get it because Banana, banana slug. We've got some uh, niche Californian humor over here that none oh of you are God. sophisticated enough to comprehend. I am I am a filthy and decrepit East Coaster and I'm proud of it. I mean, me too nowadays, but you know. Beans and uh, uh, beans? Um, beans? Beans, like a bean pie. I was going for a Boston bean pie because it's a There's Boston a thing what? it's on the East Coast. I sorry, Dad, they mind. eat anyway. what in Boston? No, go back. What is so, a Boston uh, bean pie? So Marco takes his dad over no, to the No, no, I want to hear what a Boston bean pie is. Isn't there a pie with beans in it? That's Isn't that horrible. A oh my god, I hate this. I renounce my um, Massachusetts residence. I don't live in Massachusetts anymore. Aximilia Scarathus still wants to know your location. <laughs> I don't have legal residence here. I can't vote. Take me away. I don't live in Massachusetts anymore. Take me away. Take me away. A bean pie is a sweet custard pie place. whose filling consists of mashed beans, usually baby beans, sugar, eggs, milk, butter, and spices. This actually sounds pretty good, but like, why? Wait, actually, yeah, no, I'm wrong about this. Be uh, bean pies are commonly associated with the cuisines of African American Muslims as an alternative to soul foods. Yeah, it's like as soon as you describe uh, it, Except those like, containing oh, vanilla extract or really imitation vanilla extract, it's like a diet alcohol. No, okay, so this is not what I was thinking about. 
Yeah, once you described it. Maybe I was just thinking about Boston baked beans and then pie somehow got in there. Yeah, I was just picturing like baked beans in a pie crust, like still with the can liquid oozing off of them. Which is what I was thinking as well. Times has Dad King gotten shot by a Dracon beam now? Oh, like so many times. He's been shot more times than anybody else. <laughs> I really feel like he needs he needs a pension after this yeah. point or like something. I don't know. I love the interaction that Marco and Eric have <laughs> at first. Eric opens the door. Eric is immediately like, uh-oh. And Marco's like, yeah, I know. Does he? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Just like immediately like, oh man, you showed up with a you showed up with an adult. Things are about to get bad. You know how it is with those rascally adults, I say. With those pesky adults. 22 years old myself. But how amazing must it have been for Marco Dad to live in the underground right? dog park? What the so dream! Good. The absolute dream. Oh my god, I would totally fake my own death and, like, almost get infested by a hostile yerk and almost get drafted to be part of taking over the world and then be like shocked and horrified by my child's revelations just so i could live in an underground dog park yeah just for like three days just like it it would be worth it and you know they should have saved euclid as well euclid (laughs) <laughs> and brought him to the, <laughs> brought him to the underground no, dog yeah park. i agree euclid could go eat a whole chocolate cake for all i care <laughs> no! Oh, no there are no I bad think it's dogs just... there are no bad dogs just bad owners so really who cares if nora gets infested there's bad mathematicians <laughs> bad middle school math teachers Marco is now officially legally dead. Uh, Mood, they know that Visser One is involved somehow. <laughs> they learn about Eva being captured. Um, do they bring Marco Datamorph to the Horkbeer colony yet? Is that a thing that happens? Uh, that happens at the end of this book. Yeah, I, yeah, I just um, realized that um, we like have not been talking at all about the entire plot of like rescuing Eva because <laughs> we're too yeah, busy. Yeah, I was about to say. Let's get so, to that. <laughs> they go into the Yurik pool and they perform some of the most triggering violence in this entire They go into the Yurik pool by way of the most cloudish operation of a bug fighter in the entire series. It is ridiculous. I have no clue how they are able to Perhaps if I just really f- up this bug fighter, it will autopilot us over to the Yurik pool. Perhaps if I drowned like an absolute 13-year-old in a Grand Theft Auto video game, <laughs> the uh, computer will be like, no, we're taking the controls away from you. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, God, I'm an energy drink or sports drink now. I feel vindicated. I feel like I- I've gotten you back for being covered in tea at least twice. Um, <laughs> That's true. I have gotten you covered in tea at least twice. Anyway, so, yes, after some some complete, like, Skate 3 video game physics nonsense with this, with this bug fighter. Anyway, hey, my question you were gonna say about something this about those triggering violence the, the entire My situation. question about the section here at the end <laughs> is why don't they why do they just kill Visser I mean because Eva insists upon it. They squish they squish the Yerk. I feel like it was wrong. Doesn't Eva do it? Doesn't she get vengeance? Is that not what goes on? They should have saved her. It just like vengeance, what? 
No, 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 no. Eva deserves this. Eva deserves the, to know that her tormentor has been put yeah. down. Absolutely. I disagree. I think she should have joined them. Visser yeah, so she gets it with her hand. She doesn't quite manage to kill it all the way. And then Marco finishes it by stopping on Visser 1. Yeah. And then she says, now we can go. And she passes out. How can you not see justice here? Yeah, I'm I'm with Parker on this one, actually. Like, don't get me um, wrong. I mean, I think In I general, I am, like, not a fan of villainizing Yerks. But Visser 1, I am very pro-villainizing the crap out of Visser 1. You guys haven't read Visser, you don't understand. Oh Isn't that, like, non-canonical? Like it's only allegedly a real. It's not non canonical. They reference the events of Visser in the in the main book. Also, it's yeah, it's a per- it's just a personal account. I think that's where it comes into. No, question. I think it's entirely warranted here. I think that even though Visser One has aided and abetted the Animorphs in general before, Visser One isn't being killed for the Animorphs. Visser One's being killed for Eva. Yeah. Like you can't you can't you can't tell me that you see how badly Eva's been treated in the no. how many years it's been and tell me yeah, that this is not years. warranted i also if if it had been the animorphs who had been like oh we gotta make sure we do this i would have agreed with you yeah um, exactly. if it had not been for eva's sake if eva hadn't really cared that much i would absolutely mm-hmm. have agreed with you but i eva deserves this um and she deserves yeah i guess situations rest. we consider that we'll sense. see if she speaks to whether or not it makes her feel better i don't know if she will or not but will um i would say that the reality is most of the time that vengeance doesn't actually produce feelings of satisfaction um so we'll see if that is the case with her but yeah anyway that's that's where i'm that's the that's the weird little hill i'm gonna die on tonight i think it's less a matter of like satisfaction and more a matter of safety like knowing that edris Mm -hmm. 562 the former and now deceased viscer one isn't gonna come after her does she know that they're people that they're humans she does. She knows everything. Basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, they can't let her live. <laughs> yeah. Human. Marco feels guilty for manipulating his family about Nora. I mean, he should, but also girl boss moment. We've got this dramatic moment at the very end of the book where they make contact with the Andalites and Jake signals Axe to answer, but Axe is like, no, I believe that this is your moment. And I'm like, I mean, okay, but you're gonna want a liaison there? There's diplomacy occurring maybe here a little bit minorly? Like, Axe is still better at talking to Andalites than humans are, right? Most of the time. Oh, like, man. how many Andalites have they met? Not necessarily. Axe is more of a pushover. That is true. Actually, that's a great point. Actually. 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 Uh, that Actually. is a good point, though. So, hey, um, I feel better. You guys want to do this next week? I feel like, personally, I feel like I have a obligation to, like, continue to carry on, like, what we didn't get to finish in class. And if y'all want to join me, I think... It's. It would be good for all I mean, of us. I don't have anything else I'm doing, so. We've. I don't know. I just feel like we've been through a lot over the past semester, and it feels weird to think about the Animorphs without you. Aww. Uh. Well, in that case, next week we're reading Animorphs Volume Forty Six: The Deception. <laughs> uh. What's it got on the cover? I already read it. It's oh boy, this is this one. Yeah, this is the one where it's uh, an Axe book. this is where Axe does some stuff. Uh, yeah. This is where Axe is transformed into a fighter pilot on the cover. He does some things. This is where Axe morphs into a war um, criminal, a fighter jet. <laughs> <laughs> Axe morphs into, into Axe, but a war criminal. Um, <laughs> what is character development but morphing into a war criminal? 
Aren't we all just war criminals? In the I don't making? know about you, but I have not yet used. I have not yet used a red cross to indicate anything other than an actual, you know, medical facility. Did you know that's a war crime? That's, that's, that's a war crime. That's gonna be that's gonna be Cassie's war crime. <laughs> Cassie's war crime is inaccurately labeling something with a red cross. <laughs> <laughs> that's something she would be in a position to do as well mm-hmm. i'm now just imagining an animorphs book entitled the war crime <laughs> <laughs> the, the one war, war crime, crime. only one war crime the war crime and it's like rachel like bombs like medical assistant people like axe drops a nuke on civilians cassie uses a red cross to indicate something that is not an official like health service thingamajig someone does like a false surrender and then shoots people you know alternatively titled there is a war crime at the end of this book (laughs) well thanks for meeting both of you (sighs) yeah it's so great that we don't have to be in class anymore i can finally say the morph report is on patreon We care a lot about accessibility, and we are paying someone to transcribe all of our episodes. We have a variety of tiers to choose from. Some of our tiers have some pretty juicy rewards. For example, if you pay enough money, you can even force us to watch the TV show and potentially read the other series by K.A. Applegate and Micah Grant, Everworld. We would really love it if you would check us out and consider supporting us. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Do you love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there.